Footy and Frothies 2021 Grand Final Preview Show. Daggy, Ollie and Barney with you as always to look forward to the main event of season 2021. Penrith Panthers and the South Sydney Rabbitohs coming to you from Suncorp uh, or potentially even Townsville. We'll find that out, but uh, very quickly, boys, everything's been put into the record books. How are we gearing up for grand final weekend? A bit of a shame it's not in Sydney, to be honest. The place would be going absolutely mental down here if we were obviously if we were all opened up. But um, yeah, it should be an interesting one up in Queensland. It's, it's, I expect it to be a great game of footy. Yeah, fingers crossed um, Brisbane still gets to host it. I've spoken to a couple of people I know up there and basically it if you had to put your money on it, the grand final will be in Brisbane, but it's more just the NRL letting people know now that there have been a couple of COVID cases, hey, there is a plan B and no matter what the grand final will go ahead, which if it goes to Townsville, I mean, props to Townsville. They've jagged an origin and a, and a grand final this year. They're amazing for them. Too bad their team shit. Um <laughs> But yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to uh, this Sunday's games as well. I, I really like the initiative from the NRL as well to put the two um, intra Super Cup preliminary finals on and televise them both before the grand final. I'll be watching them both from um, about twelve fifteen. A, a lot of um, Titans and Broncos players will actually be playing as well because I believe it's the two Titans feeder clubs and the two Broncos feeder clubs. A nice little curtain raiser to the grand final there, and yeah, looking forward to the day of footy. No, oh, cool. That'll fill it the day nicely without the. Um... Uh, whatever it's called, Super Bowl equivalent, and the um, <laughs> and in the women's game, so that's something to watch. Um, very good. Shall we get into it? Yeah, let's go. So the main change, the main team news from the week. We'll go through the teams shortly. But Davida Penko Jr. The main change for Penrith with Spencer Lenu coming onto the bench, which sees Penrith line up: uh, Edwards, Crichton, Momorowski, Burton, Tuo. Luai, Cleary, Leota, Coruscant, Fisher-Harris, Kikau named in the starting pack, Capewell, Yo, Tyrone May at 14, Scott Sorensen 15, Spencer Lenu and Liam Martin rounds out the 17, Naden named 18th man, coach Ivan Cleary. Blake Taff, fullback for Souths, Alex Johnston, Dane Gagai, Campbell Graham, Jackson Paulo, Cody Walker, Adam Reynolds, captain and halfback, Mark Nichols, Damian Cook, Davida Totola, Keon Kolomatungi, Jaden Sewer, Cam Murray, Benji Marshall at 14, Host, Tom Burgess, Jay Arrow, round out the interchange bench, Tane Milne, uh, 18th man, Wayne Bennett, the coach. Barney? Yeah, well, as of this afternoon, we had the, for those who like a punt, we had Penrith there at $1.68 in the head to head markets and Souths at $2.25. For your head-to-head bets, um, after regular season, Penrith were, had the fourth best attack with uh, an average of twenty-eight points a game, four, and they had the best defence in the league with an average of eleven point nine points scored against them. Souths with the third best defence with eighteen point eight points per game, and the second best attack with thirty-two point two points a game, four. So everything. Uh, everything points to an extremely good game of footy with one of the, you know, both teams having a very strong attack and both having a fairly good defence. So. I think the last two months, South's average against has come right down. It's it's similar to Penrith's as well. Oh, absolutely. They were up around the mid-20s uh, up until about six to eight weeks ago, which we mentioned in the show before this one. And, um, yeah, they've they've shaved quite a few points off it in the last six to eight weeks. So. Mm. 
Uh, so what we'll do this afternoon or this evening is run through some matchups uh, throughout the one to seventeen, uh, and then give our thoughts on how we think this might play out. But the fullbacks, Dylan Edwards uh, for Penrith and Blake Tuff, who has been pretty good coming in, uh, as yet not up to Latrell Mitchell standards, unfortunately, but has added something to this South team in a different way. Ollie, how does this matchup take you? Uh, I would be. Maybe considering picking TAF. Um, Recording in progress. If we're talking uh, last week, possibly, but um, I've got to go with Dylan Edwards, especially the, the comeback that he had last week against uh, Melbourne. And uh, look, a lot of the reason why I'm not picking TAF as well is that this is his eighth NRL game and he's coming into a grand final. I'm not expecting him to necessarily have a huge game and if he does good on him, but, you know, at least for me, there's no pressure on Taft to do anything amazing. Young in his career coming into a grand final, it's a great opportunity uh, to learn though. Um, and I hope he does have a good game, but I've got to go with Edwards. Barney? I agree with um, pretty much all of that, to be honest. The the thing, the, the slightly different players, whereas Edwards is more of a support player and a runner back through the middle. Uh, he's someone who's looking for gaps and to actually run through himself. Whereas Taft looks like he's more the the William Kennedy type player, where he's on the back of a sweep play and he's um he's got a pretty decent set of hands. Um, some of the passes he's thrown in the last couple of weeks have been um, very good to put away his outside men. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they use him. I'd like to actually see Taft actually try and do a little bit of what Edwards does and put himself in positions back through the middle of the field to actually take advantage of a break because he's he's not he's not slow. He's a little bit small, but if he can get through half a gap, he's quick enough to actually um, burn somebody and get through a get through a hole. So, uh, yeah, it's slightly on the edge, just on the experience. I'd probably be leaning towards Dylan Edwards, but this is one of the closer matchups, I think, in the in the lineups. Yeah, uh, I agree with you from that point of view. What you said is about Tufts, right? He's more of that sweeping. You mentioned Will Kendi, uh, a Reese Walsh, a, a ball player where he can throw a rainbow ball. Uh, and bring his wingers more into the game. They've both got um, errors in them. Uh, Edwards has been very, very safe for probably 18 months now, but he does still get the yips here and there. Uh, he has put down some of those high balls. Uh, Taff, I can only remember him putting one down, one of Cleary's early ones actually in the <laughs> prelim, but he was safe as houses after that. So interesting to see where nerves settle out. Uh, hopefully that's all out of Dylan's system. Uh, but, yeah, I'd hope to see Reynolds, assuming his leg's not going to fall off, uh, testing him some of those torpedo bombs and, and just seeing what he's got uh, and make him work back from that, uh, back from the deep in the Penrith territory. He also has, uh, Edwards does have, isn't afraid to try a grubber and a few little things close to the line either, which uh, we'll see how that plays out as well. But uh, a very interesting matchup. Shall we throw all the uh, wingers in together here in one big pot? Or? Yeah, why not? Uh, so we've got, it's actually quite a good matchup here. Crichton uh, uh, found his place in the wing the last month or so, along with the Biza, Brian Tuo, and the many, many hundreds of metres he brings. Uh, up against the comps leading try scorer, Alex Johnston, and Jackson Paulo, who's into the side. Barney? I expect Jackson Paulo to actually receive a lot of the bombs that Cleary was sending Tuff's way in the first preliminary this week, uh, to be honest. The fact bombing to a a winger actually gives you more opportunity, I think, than it does to a fullback. Whereas a fullback, you're coming down as a set line. And if you kick it into a corner, you've got two or three blokes that can surround a winger 
and whatever way the ball pops out, you've probably got a few more people in and around the ball to take advantage of someone putting it down. Um, very inexperienced, still making his name. Um, he's done nothing wrong. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, he looks like he's a he's a pretty solid finisher, and um, he's definitely up to first grade. But I expect him to cop a lot of pressure in this game. Uh, Crichton this year has improved markedly. I think he's um, actually got gotten a lot stronger from where he was. The little bit of time at fullbacks helped him as well, and he's definitely one of the most confident players on the field, along with Brian Tyo. I think um, Johnson is, you can't, what can you say about Johnson? He, every time you give him half an opportunity, he pretty much scores a try. So um, it's there's some really good matchups there, but I think just there's a, there's a little bit more experience and um, just confidence coming from the Penrith wingers. I think they may have a better day out than the South wingers. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I think, uh, well, Brian Choi is probably the preeminent winger in the game at the moment. Uh, I'd have to, yeah, I think so. Uh, just his his work rate, uh, uh, just how difficult it is to stop his ability to burrow or jump or get to the try line, uh, end around, especially his opposition winger, uh, means that if they give enough space, he's always dangerous. Uh, and I think you've nailed Crichton Head. He's a confidence player. He's now starting to realise just how big and strong he is. And is uh, busting a lot more taco tacos taco. <laughs> that was yesterday, Taco Tuesday. Uh, a lot more tackles, and uh, he's not afraid to throw an offload. He's not afraid to try and pop a ball over the top, as well as um, he's become quite good in the air attacking. Very good in the air, yeah, yeah. in attacking wise, especially uh, he's reading those kicks from Cleary well. So uh, we, you know, when the bloke scored what thirty tries on the other team. That speaks for itself, but he's on the end of the best left edge in the game, or, or the most point productive less productive, left edge yeah. in the game. Uh, so gets to wander wander over and put some of those balls down. So I think uh, in a real wrestle, yeah, I'm giving a tick to the Penrith wingers there, Ollie. Yeah, well, you could put Brian Toto in uh, a foursome of uh, any four wingers in the game to opposing each other, and because Brian Toto's there. Pen, Penrith or whichever team he's in would just about take the cake uh, every time, nearly. But um, oh, the matchup between Toto and Johnston's just going to be amazing. Um, I, I obviously agree with the selection for wingers of the year, uh, both Toto and um, Ruben Garrick. But if you had to pick anyone else to fill in for any of the, either of those guys, it'd be Alex Johnston, the top try scorer in the league for the past two seasons. Uh, obviously, and again, it's nothing against him, but Paul is the weak link here. And he's the one who's most likely to let his combination down, if so. Um, but, you know, the Rabbitohs are backing him, obviously, next year. I think he's well and truly going to be starting the season on the wing for South Sydney, which I believe will be the first year he started out a season uh, in first grade. And he's definitely earned it. But, yeah, if Penrith is smart, he's going to be the, the edge player, really, that they're going to be uh, targeting. So it could be a tough night at the office for Paulo. He might not necessarily have a bad game, but I feel like he's going to get hit with a lot and it might be hard for him to really find any uh, ascendancy or any uh, areas where he can really sort of hit his stride and get going. But I can't go past Penrith. Just about Brian Tyler alone in your right. When Crichton has played on the wing, he played predominantly center last year, but when he's played on the wing this year, uh, he's been great. So I've got to go with Penrith as well. Um, yeah, Paulo does plenty of work and he does try hard. And it's, it's going to be interesting. I'm pretty sure Johnson will be up against Crichton, won't he? Uh, Crichton will be defending on the right and Johnson attacking on the left. So you have Crichton and yes. Momorowski that are going to have their work cut out, out on that left edge. But um, 
I think um, Crichton can, can if they get their uh, spacing right in defence, I think Crichton can more than handle Alex Johnson. I think the wing helps Crichton in that he only has to make one defensive decision. Absolutely, instead come of, from inside out. Yeah, instead yeah. of two or three. So uh, that's shored them up there as well. Uh, the centres, Momorowski and Matthew Burton against Dane Gagai and Campbell Graham. Fantastic matchup again to representative centres uh, against arguably at least one representative centre uh, and centre of the year in Matt Burton. Ollie. Yeah, this is probably, I know we're only early into it, but this is the toughest one to pick so far. I will be going with the Penrith boys today just because uh, the defensive ability of a Momorowski and Matt Burton, just his attacking play in the centres is crazy, just busting through those lines. I think there was probably earlier in the year, there was probably a period in during the season where Momorowski was the best defensive centre, Burton was the best attacking centre, and Penrith could only pick one each week. And, you know, it was a headache for him to have, and whoever missed out was going to be... Um, well, that was before they realised that they didn't need Charlie Staines in the 17. So. That's right. <laughs> and, and now it's worked out for everyone, except for Matt Burton's going to the Bulldogs next year. But I, I am going to just go with Penrith because of that. This could be a huge game for Dane Gagai, though, I think, um, with that X Factor. If he can get a bit of space to run, um, it could be not too dissimilar from a state of origin Dane Gagai performance. Hopefully the Rabbitohs, uh, there's that meme where it's like, oh, you've accidentally got this Dane Gagai switched on Rabbitohs mode or on Queensland yeah. whenever he plays good for Souths. But um, I feel like he may be in Queensland mode for this one, his last game for the club as well. So it, it, in that centre combination, Gagai's going to be the the danger man, but I think the Penrith boys have got it. Pardon? Yeah, well, um, I'm actually going to go slightly the other way, to be honest. I think... Obviously, you've, you've got a pretty much 50-50 matchup here. You've got Burton and Crichton, uh, Burton and Gagai, which are basically the same player. They're both very uh, very strong attacking, ball in hand. They're strong ball runners. They can pass the ball. They've got very good footwork, but do have an issue or two in defence. Uh, and then you have Momorowski and Graham, who are both probably the top two defensive centres in the game at the moment. If not, they're very close to it between the two of them. I think Graham's slightly a better defender than what um, than what Momorowski is, and I think that Gay Guy, if given clean enough ball, is slightly better in attack than what Burton is. Uh, not so much uh, what he can do for his outside men, but directly taking on an opponent one on one. I think Gay Guy probably has the edge slightly in a one on one battle if up against the center, up against his opposing center. Don't get me wrong, I, I expect Burton to be putting 2 away and some of his inside men away as well, but um, trying to take on Graham, I think Graham will shut Burton down quite well. And I think Gagai may just have a slight edge on um, Momorowski when, with ball in hand running directly at him. So, Yeah, I'm siding with you, Barn, in that I th- I'm just giving the South Centre the edge. Uh, Gagai, obviously, a long-time representative centre, strong, can offload, can bust tackles. And when he has is in Queensland mode, uh, is very impressive. Uh, Campbell Graham is just waiting to be. He's the next in waiting New South Wales centre, uh, or but. But um, again, strong, sound defensively, makes really good defensive decisions, uh, and you know basically tackles like a back rower. So and can score. Uh, and back after he's been getting a lot of ball, and his footwork's been just as dangerous as any other centre. I think Matt Burton as a centre is now. Well exposed. I use that line a lot, but it's he's, he's now been uh, part of. I guess planning meetings would be watching Matt Burton as a centre, and that's shut him down a little bit. Uh, and 
let's not forget as well in flattering some of those Burton performances. And and I'm not taking this away because he had a fantastic season, but just how bad some teams' edges are. So there are times where his speed and his ability to get inside or outside them has just shamed some other teams. Well, funnily enough, it was when he got exposed when playing in the halves during that origin period is when I think teams started to think, oh, he actually does have some weaknesses. I wonder if we can expose those when he's back in the centres yeah. in, in a full-fledged first-grade side. So it, it, it's funny. It's it sort of his um, poor performances in another position sort of, I guess, made teams think that, okay, if we focus on him when he's back in the centres, then he, he's not inhuman. Yeah. Uh, and just finally, to on Momorowski, we've, we've spoken, uh, we've actually spoken quite glowingly of him, but uh, aside from his defence, he's not afraid to try something. He's not afraid to try the kick back to the middle of the field or kick early or try and throw a miracle pass. And it, come, it has come off quite a bit for Penner. So uh, underrated tenor, uh, probably the most underrated of the four, obviously, but uh, I, I am just giving the edge to Southair. Very intriguing matchup. Uh, and... We'll move on to the halves. 5-8, Luai versus Cody Walker. And I'll go first just because um, I haven't yet. <laughs> but I obviously, <laughs> Cody Walker, borderline, you know, running high up in Adelia and results. 5 out of the year. Uh, leading the, leading the, he's leading tri-assists, isn't he, still, by some yes. ridiculous margin? Uh, knows when to run, knows when to short kick for himself. Took on the long kicking pretty well for the most part in the first half last year, uh, last week. Uh, and just his ability, what he does so well is uh, he, he gets defences to start jamming in on him, so just so he can go over the top, and then in, once they start that, he gets them going back out so he can go and short. He so yeah. uh, just his timing and decision-making is fantastic. And Luai has probably struggled since Origin, uh, if we're being honest. He's, he's shown some glimpses when he's run the ball, but his decision-making hasn't been A-grade or aa you know, high markers here, A plus grade. Uh, and uh, I feel like he's kicking and even some of his passing decisions haven't been the best in the last month, six weeks or so. So I think this is almost a landside to Souths, Ollie. Yeah, I, I love Romy. He's just about my favourite player in the game just because of the character he is and how entertaining he is. But I've got to go Cody Walker. There was a point the other night in the Daly M voting, it, it was sort of a little bit earlier on where I thought maybe Cody Walker's a chance here, just based off of how things were looking, I was always going to go with Turbo. But for him to make me consider that he possibly might be a chance of winning, and I can't go past well, it's easy him. to forget how many three points he racked up as well. Yeah, well, he, it's just about consistently, I think, for us as well, probably being in the top three every week for the Dagiums as well. Uh, just about South's most consistent player, at least for us. And I remember at the very start of the year, he had a couple of poor performances back-to-back, and I was thinking, I hope this isn't back to the days of um, Cody Walker needs confidence to actually have a bit of a run because that can be hard hard to find, especially for a half. Um, but he, he just hit the ascendancy probably about round five onwards, hasn't looked back, and he's had a great year. It, yeah, that Luai, he, he had a good first half to the season as well, although there were a couple of games where I thought that maybe he was getting a, a bit more praise than he deserved, that Cleary might have taken a lot of the pressure off of him a bit and he sort of wasn't getting into games till towards the end. So based off of all that, I, you've got to go with Cody Walker. Yeah, yeah it's going to be 3-0 here, boys. Um, <laughs> Jerome Luai at his absolute best can go close to matching Cody Walker just for what he can do for his outside men. But 
when Cody decides to run and it's a one-on-one, even sometimes a two-on-one, he's just bigger and stronger than Jerome. And he can do it off his own bat if he absolutely has to. Within 10 metres of the line, if he puts his head down and decides that he's going to try and break a gap, half the time he's going to get through it and he'll um, score a try or set someone out outside him. As we mentioned, leading try assists, I think pretty sure he's leading the line break assists as well. He's had a phenomenal year and um, I have to give the decision to Cody Walker. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, didn't mention in the centre matchup, is this Dan Gay guy's last game for South as well? Yeah. So that's that's been under the radar uh, for everyone carrying. I know he hasn't been there since he was ten, like uh, Adam Reynolds, but mm-hmm. hasn't really been mentioned this week. Uh, their halfbacks, captains, uh, at least one goal kicker. I think Taft's still been practicing goal kicking this week, uh, and maybe that'll play a, a part in this game. But Nathan Cleary versus Adam Reynolds, Barney. Nathan Cleary's been the best halfback by by a long way this year. Um, don't get me wrong, Reynolds is. Absolutely consistent. He's kicking games as close to Cleary as anyone else you're going to find in the competition. But I just think he's um, Cleary's decision-making this year and when to run the ball and when to put, uh, put it on a, on the platter for his outside men is just slightly slightly better than Adam Reynolds. It's, it's not by much. Um, the one big thing, obviously, is that they're both carrying injuries. One's a shoulder, which is going to impact the defence, and one's a, a groin, which could absolutely impact the attack for South Sydney. Um, and I think they could probably... You could probably cover someone with a with a shoulder in defence more than you can cover someone that can't run and kick properly if, the, if that groin injury is as bad as it could be. Even that, on their best day, Cleary, for me, um, wins it. Doesn't win it comfortably, but, uh, you know, well enough. So do I go with the bloke who came within the realm of possibility of beating out Turbo this year for the Dalian medal or the other guy? Of course, I've got to go with um, Nathan Cleary. For me, for the past two seasons, overall, has been the best player in the game. Obviously, if Tommy played, then I I think maybe we have a bit of a conversation um, in 2020. But... um, I've got to go with Cleary here, not only because of his kicking game, but what he does for the Panthers, the chances he creates. And we spoke at nauseam about how good Cody Walker's been in terms of ball in hand and ball in play. Walker's going to be crucial. Where Reynolds and Cleary really comes into it is the kicking game. This could be one of the kicking masterclass grand finals that we've ever seen. Uh, arguably more than any other grand final, kicking for field position is going to be key here just because of how good both players are. Um, when kicking the ball in play and kicking for goal as well, which hopefully for the Rabbitohs, Reynolds is able to take conversions because that'll be critical. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see that match up and how they use the ball um, on the last tackle and play for field position, arguably just as important as the forward battle because your forwards can sort of got, get um, off the back of that if you've got good field position. But yeah, I've got to go Nathan Cleary. Cleary for me as well. He uh, Obviously the preeminent halfback in the game, uh, some of the dominant, dominant single-handed performances he put on when he wanted to, when he was fit this year, uh, were amazing. Uh, and some super coach records for at least a week or two in, along the way. Uh, kicking games, fantastic. Short kicking games, fantastic. Ability to control tempo. Ability to get repeat sets when needed. Ability to take a break when needed. Um, he's And he's got all the uh, tricks now. He's got the floating bomb and the spiral bomb and his new favourite banana grubber and all the rest of it. Uh, so, yeah, Cleary, just from Reynolds, and that's not a knock on Reynolds because, obviously, 
some freakish kicking performances this year from him. Some, you know, the best 40 20 I've ever seen, and a few other things along the way for him. But yeah, Cleary, uh, I think for me as well. The front rows. Uh, Moses Leota and James Fisher-Harris against Mark, the Professor Mark Nichols and Tevita Totola. Uh, I'll go first here. It's actually a tough one, but just on Fisher-Harris alone, uh, he's probably not quite, hasn't quite been right at 100%, or he was for a bit of the game, but he's, he's getting back there now. Uh, he's a, in the conversation for best prop in the game and is a difference here. Uh, I probably have the other three at the same level, but have all been... I think Nichols and Totola have been fantastic for the last month. So if I had to grade him, it would be Fisher-Harris from Nichols to Totola and Leota back to th- uh, back at fourth. But uh, he'll, he won't let anyone down by any means. But Fisher-Harris, uh, his work rate, uh, his timing when they need someone to lift uh, at times this year has been impeccable and trying to get him out of time. There was times here when they had no one else. He was a one-man team dragging him through some games. So giving this one to Penrith... Buy a fish. Bye. <laughs> I absolutely agree with everything you just said, mate. There's not much more that I can add, it, to be honest. I just think Penrith's, uh, the two two bookends, as you want to call them, they've got a little bit more aggression in them than you get out of Nichols and Totola, um, especially ball in hand. They, they just seem to have a little bit more impact when they actually hit the line. They seem to bend the line a little bit more than what the South forwards do. Uh, don't get me wrong, they all do plenty of work and they do good work, but I just think Penrith may have the edge in um, a little bit more impact in their running metres. Oh. With all due respect to Leota and Totola, this battle is really going to be between Fisher-Harris and Mark Nichols. I will, genuinely, I think so. And as much as I love the Nutty Professor, something tells me that Fisher-Harris might just have the edge um, <laughs> over the Professor, but I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he went pound for pound uh, with him for a bit, but for me, the past couple of years at least, uh, Fisher Harris has probably been the best prop in the game for me, just because of consistent high class performances. Payne Haas is up there with him, but I give Fisher the edge because, well, he, his team usually wins at the end of the day. Um, so I am going to go the Panthers uh, in large part due to Fisher Harris. With Leota, it's been a bit weird because he was the perfect sort of impact player for Penrith last year, coming off the bench after 20 minutes or so. Um, and it nearly got him an origin jersey. Brad Fittler was saying he was considering bringing Leota into the side to come off the bench to add that spark uh, for New South Wales. But ever since sort of moving to um, to starting at, at the eight, he sort of, um, it, it's not been really, he's not really been, bursting onto to games of that he's not necessarily been bad, but I thought his 2020 was a bit better and he has dropped off a bit. But um, when you've got the fish um, alongside you, it, it, it's hard to go wrong. So we'll go Penrith. The hookers, Appy Corusau, Damien Cook, Ollie. Oh, this, uh, this, this is really hard, especially because of Corusau's performance last week. However, if you asked me this last year, I'd probably go Corusau easy, but just looking at the two players' seasons as a whole, I probably just give Cook the edge. Um, if South Sydney can sort of lay that foundation like they did a couple of weeks ago and like they did against Manly through the forwards and give Cook just that little bit of room to run the ball, um, it, he'll be lethal as he always is when he gets that opportunity. So I'm, he, he is the Australian hooker too. This is really hard. I'm, I'm just going uh, Damien Cook by a fish. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna fry up your fish there with Damien Cook. Uh, that was very bad. Didn't make any sense. It was, but I think uh, <laughs> I think he's 
he's been a look. I think we all expected more of Damien Cook this year with the rule changes and everything else, but he's been very good. Uh, and I think his combination with Kamar is a big difference here. Uh, it, the way they've been able to control the middle of games, uh, even in defence, even more so in defence, I should say, uh, in the last uh, four to six weeks has been essentially why Souths are in this game, I think. Uh, Appy, I know he had his good game last week, but I think he's been missing since the dramas of the mid-season. Uh, so, yeah, Cook for me. Bon. These two absolutely cancel each other out for mine. Um, they're both going to do pretty much exactly the same job. They're both going to make 50 tackles, and it's going to depend on who's getting on the front foot through the middle. Uh, whoever's getting the quicker play of the balls and that roll on through the middle, there's, uh, it's going to depend on what, how much impact their hooker has. For me, Cook has been slightly disappointing, to be honest. He hasn't run the ball the way that he, he has in the previous two to three seasons uh, this year. There's been games where he's had two or three runs in a game, and that's completely unusual for Damian Cook. He's at his best when he's on the front foot and uh, running into the line and setting someone up or trying to run through the line himself. I'd love to see him absolutely get out and start tearing it open, but I think um, Appy's probably more prone to run himself more than Cook this this yeah. season. Um, so if Penrith can get the roll on and through the middle, I, I expect Appy maybe just to edge him, but as I said, for me, it's just cancel them both out and move on. Just Sorry, go Just fry up the fish and move on. Okay. Uh, kick out K-Paul in the second row for Penrith against Kolomatungi and Sua. Uh who on recent form have been fantastic, Barn? Absolutely. Um, I actually expect Kula Matangi to probably be the best back rower in this game, to be honest. Um, he just strikes me as someone that will get up for a big big game like this. Every time that Souths have been in a, a war in the middle, he seems to rise and be one of the better back rowers in the game. Um, as a combination, I think Penner slightly have the edge just because of the work rate that you're going to get out of Capewell. Compared to um, what you'll get out of the out of sewer, sewer seems to have a good impact for about 20, 25 minutes, but then starts to sort of, um, well, I'll put it bluntly, gases out after about twenty minutes, half an hour. Whereas Capewell's not going to Capewell will give you eighty minutes if you need it, and um, Kickow is explosive if he's got his head on. Depends <laughs> depends what Kickow turns up, to be mm. honest. But I'm going to give Penrith the slight edge in this one just on the, the work rate that you're going to get out of Cable. Ollie? I'm going to have to agree with Barney there. I'm just going with Penrith. Uh, funnily enough, though, both the 12s are playing their last games for their clubs respectively. Obviously, mm. Cable off to the Bronx and uh, Jaden Saw off to the Dragons next year. So best of luck to him. Um, uh, yeah, I am going to go with Penrith and purely because of Capewell's work rate. I, I I wouldn't be surprised though, and I can understand the argument behind maybe picking Kalamantangi and Sua because Kalamantangi has been on the ascendancy lately with Kikau. Now, well, first of all, he owes it to Penrith to put in a good performance in a grand final because last year he was just about the worst player on that field um, just with his errors. And it seemed like he was trying to do too much. The important thing for Kikau is to relax. Clear he's got to say to him, relax. Don't try and do too much. You don't need to win the grand final Give for him one job. your role give him one job, arguably give him the ball when you're 10, 20 metres out to try and crash over and that's all you really need from him out of attack. It sort of limits his opportunities to make those famous errors that we know he can make. Um, But if he sticks to that, he should be okay. And yeah, just limit the amount of ball he is getting during the game. Um, And if Penrith can do that, I I, I think uh, Penrith second row's got this. Yeah, tough one for me. 
I don't want to say they're cancelling out, but I'm pretty close to saying it. But I, 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 I'm agreeing that Capel's work rate probably just has him in front. It's a little bit like front row to have Capel uh, in an under situation. Colin Matungi, kick out silver, but nothing between them. And, and the concern is, yeah, you want to see big game Vili. You haven't. We've never seen it. Uh, we want to see <laughs> if it can uh, if it can happen because uh, he could almost become a liability if if it goes down that path. Uh, but I think the South back row, has, that all being said, has been absolutely fantastic, as I said it before. And um, we'll be on here and we'll bring a lot to this game and have already bashed Penrith in his submission about a month ago. So uh, Penrith just across the phase of a season uh, favouring that over the current form a little bit, which isn't necessarily the right choice. Always has this for a matchup. Yo versus Murray, who wants to go first? Oh, this is the best matchup in the game. This one, to me, decides the decides the winner of this uh, decides the winner of this grand final. As far as I'm concerned, do you think? Uh, do you think? I was going to say, do you think they're the two favourites for Clive Churchill? They've got to be close. Um, I'm just, don't get me wrong. If Penrith win it, Cleary's probably going to win Clive Churchill, but um, Yo's going to have to be close second. And same with South. If South win it, one of the halves are probably the the first two options, and then you're looking at Murray. But so basically, um, one of these two players are going to be fucking robbed hard of a Clive Churchill medal. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, Clive Churchill market at the moment: Cleary three dollars fifty, Walker seven fifty, Murray nine dollars, Luai thirteen, Coruscant thirteen, Yo thirteen, Reynolds thirteen, Cook thirteen. But um, they're both going to absolutely work. Fisher Harris twenty six is a bet. Yeah. yeah, they're they're both going to make thirty somewhere between thirty and fifty tackles. They won't miss many. They're not going to make many errors. But as I alluded to in the um in our wrap of the the preliminary finals, I think it's going to come down to who has the biggest impact in attack. Um, Yo plays like a halfback a lot of the times and gives Cleary and Luai extra space and time to get uh, get to their outside men. Whereas Murray can do both. He can jump into a line, but he sort of replaces Reynolds more than gives them extra time and space. He just jumps in and is, is a link man. But I think he's more destructive hitting the line and looking at an offload or, or passing basically in the line for somebody on his inside or his outside. Uh, absolute brilliant matchup. I love both of these players. They're probably two of my favourite players in the whole competition, to be honest. I find it really hard to split these two. I'm, I, I'm just going to go with Yo because I expect Penrith to be slightly better on the day, but I can't really split them. I'm going with Murray just because uh, I think in a little way he's already shown how effective he's against Penrith. Uh, well, he has uh, in their win and then even in their round, was it 24 game? Which one have they met back into the season? Uh, the one where South didn't get flogged. Yeah, that one. Yeah, where they didn't get yeah. 50 on them. Yeah, yeah, that one. Um, they were, He was fantastic in those games. And just his ability to burrow through and start turning some of the props around and make those metres. Uh, it's Penrith's maybe, and I say, yeah, probably one of the biggest weaknesses Penrith have against the right players. And uh, that's where I think they can map that out to happen again and set him up for that sort of game. Uh, but, yeah, you've said what has to be said about Yo. Uh, I can't. Give much higher praise than what you've had in that, uh, yeah, he's in a conversation for best lock in the game as well, Ollie. I'm purely going, you know, just because he can do that little bit more ball playing. Um, so he provides that little bit more to his team. But um, I feel really sorry for Barney heading into this one because it's pretty much like picking your favourite child 
Yeah. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty close. Uh, and the bench. So for Penrith, May, Sorensen, Lenu, Martin. And for the Bunnies, Marshall, Host, Burgess and Arrow. Uh, uh, yeah, just for the sake of brevity, we won't go player by player. But no. I am leaning slot. Well, I'm leaning to Souths. Uh, just because Tom Burgess has had a fantastic year, uh, has been outstanding. Arrow can does his job when he's on, uh, and Benji gives will give Reynolds cover, and we'll have enough where he can produce a, a, a six point play somewhere through that back end of the game, and it does also bring that sense of calmness that perhaps a Tyron May does not. Uh, but massive, massive respect to Liam Martin. Maybe not being at his absolute best the last six weeks, but he's been pretty good. So, uh, Souths just for me, boy uh, Barney. If Spencer Lenu plays at his absolute peak, it's Penrith, but only for the fact that I expected Lenu to actually go to another level this year where he hasn't. Um, And Benji Marshall, as you said, gives them more options in attack than Tyrone May for me shouldn't be in the team. Um, I I don't think you don't understand why you would even put him there. They'd be better off putting. Mitch I don't know they got Naden at 18-man. Uh, yeah, Mitch Kenny, realistically. You can play if in the you back don't row. Play and, Mitch and, Kenny. Yeah, but um, it's only a slight advantage. But if uh, I just think Duff's, Duff's have got a little bit more grunt in their, in their big boys with Burgess. And Dry Arrow at his absolute best is an extremely good back rower up against um, Linu. Martin has been on and off this year. A lot of the, like, probably 75% of the time he's been very good, but there's been 25% of games where he hasn't been very good at all. Mm. So I'm going to slightly lean towards the South bench in this one. I think it's clear to say that out of the eight men on the bench, Tom Burgess as an individual is the best out of all of them, or at least has had the best season. If I were Penner, if just talking about who would come on for Tyron May, my first choice would just about be Jermaine Hopgood, just because I think... Penrith don't necessarily need a back on their bench for this game, unless obviously injury. I think they're worried about Cleary, to be honest. Okay, yeah, yeah. fair enough. But I, I, I think based off of the game a couple of weeks ago, and I keep going back to it, to sort of just maybe give Penrith that little bit extra go forward just in terms of the forward. Fords, naming four forwards on the bench would not be the worst idea for Penrith. No, absolutely. Um, this is a tough one. I, I think I'm... I might just lean towards Penrith because Sorensen's been good lately. We know how good Lenny can be, and he's not shown it all throughout the year, but he can be. Martin, I think, still played well, just not as good yeah, as absolutely. Yeah. And the, the letdown for me in a way for South Sydney is host. I don't think he'll play that many minutes, and that could mm. be detrimental. It'll be interesting to see how Benji comes into the game when he comes onto the field. I, I'm sure he'll be good, but whether or not it's sort of that game-changing uh, move to make and how good he does play. I'm unsure. Um, but Burgess and Arrow will be good. So I've, I've sort of come to a default that I think, you know, that Penrith may be just a bit more well-rounded. And I think maybe not playing host as much or having a player on the bench in host who doesn't play that many minutes could let South Sydney down just that little bit where you look at, I'm not even going to talk about Tyrone, mate. He, he doesn't exist right now. But in terms of the other, other three, you can get big minutes and big efforts out of him. Just on the back of that, actually, I, I did fail to mention Jacob Host. He's been one of the probably biggest disappointments I've 
out of most teams this year, to be honest. I, he came from – he was quite good at St. George and he has been good up until this season. And obviously there's a reason why he's not getting a lot of minutes because he hasn't been anywhere near as good as he, what he has been in previous years. So. Yep. Um, so just on all that, if anyone keeping score, it was six and a half plays three and a half for the matchups there. Oh, there uh, given we've halved out the uh, the dummy halves, yeah. uh, what are the chances? Uh, so final prediction, <laughs> uh, we'll give it to the Oracle. He tipped both finals last week. So your usual prediction, say Clive Churchill, first try scorer, final score, and maybe a bold prediction or something if you've got one. Yeah, look, so last year, um, I pretty much said what I'm about to say here, except I tipped the Melbourne Storm. Uh, I'm going to reveal it here. I'm tipping Penrith to win. Basically, year after year, I go to these Penrith games with my brother and my dad who pour all their fucking money into this club and they get disappointed time after time. I don't actually care about Penrith that much, but I do want to see them win for them. So Penrith, you bastards, just fucking do it for them and then I can stop caring about you for the rest of existence and we'll all be happy. But, um, yeah, so that that's... Honestly, the driving factor, what gives Penrith the edge for me, I see this game not being too... So you're using love as a... Love, but I... No, to be fair, I'll, <laughs> love I'll, conquers all. Yeah. Conquers all, but without love, I probably just give Penrith the edge a little bit too. As, as going through the team list, I think I predominantly went with Penrith players over South players as well. Yes, yes, you did. That comes into yeah, it. Yeah. Um, I see this being similar to the 2015 grand final in terms of, well, it's second versus third, the two teams first in a tight game in the first week of the finals. And I think Penrith in defeat would have learnt a lot, which will assist them heading into this game, which the Cowboys also uh, did against the Broncos, I believe. And it'll also be a low scoring game where you're sort of playing for field position. Brisbane really played for field position in that second half against the Cowboys in the 2015 grand final. But I see it coming from both ends, of course, Nathan Cleary and, Adam Reynolds, superb kickers, and I don't see either team scoring above 20 points, and I also see the final score being within four points. I'm not saying we're going to have a field goal right at the end or a player's going to drop the ball off the kickoff right at the end to give um, the other team the opportunity, but I do see this being a really close game. So I'm going to go Penrith 1-12. to 12. Realistically, I'll say by four. Um, Clive Churchill medal winner. I will go with – I'm going to go with the fish – James Fisher-Harris. Said $26 if you have that bet for anyone who might be thinking uh, of something sneaky. Well, now, now I'm predicting it based off of my disaster class. It probably won't happen. But yeah. I've noticed pretty much every year in a grand final, whether they've gone on to win the Clive or not, someone from the forward pack always steps up and just has an absolutely freakish performance. And arguably most years said Ford deserves the Clive Churchill medal, but it goes to a back who still probably had a good game, but wasn't as... Um, impactful, let's say. So I am going to go for Fish to take it out here. Um, the Clive Churchill medal, uh, I, I will say, I'll say 16-12. So I believe that's the reverse of the first week of the finals and my bold prediction. Oh. Well, the Dragons aren't involved, so I can't make it too bold. But um, I will go, let's go with Scotty Sorensen to cross over on the night. Coming yeah, off the nice. crush over one of the tries, possibly the match winner late uh, when maybe both teams are feeling a bit gassed, getting back on, crash over at the end, and maybe he can be the hero. That would definitely be a bold prediction. So, Debbie, I'll, I'll say Scott Sorensen crashes over within the last couple of minutes in the corner 
um, to win the game for Penrith. I was going to throw to Barn, but um, I might go in next and give our chief analyst the final word there. Uh, the great man. So Get amongst it, mate. I am going to tip. Uh, look, I'm I'm taking a narrative that Penrith has been bashed for the last month. Uh, that their halfbacks, I think, carrying a more severe injury than letting on. Uh, and well, he, he's getting surgery, I believe, three days after the grand yeah, final. So you know, I know he'd be nailed up and everything else, but my bold prediction is there will be a significant injury in the first sort of 20 minutes and it could tilt the momentum of this game one or another. I'm not saying it's necessarily Cleary, but someone mm-hmm. similar to that, whether it's even Reynolds, it walks off, but there could be that high drama sort of injury. Does that happen most years now that you've said that? Seems to happen seems a lot. To happen. Yeah, seems to happen a lot. Year, so a well, high drama. Nineteen is one that comes to mind. Yeah. Twenty eighteen, Cronk played the entire game injured. HOA could have a bearing as well. Yeah. So something like yeah. that, where it's uh, there there might be. I think there's a big twist in the whole story of the season. But uh, that all being said, I'm taking a narrative that Penrith, uh, they've they've proved me wrong and keep proving me wrong. But their fuel tank might be an uh, an empty and uh that. Uh, the super coach Bennett has this worked out. Uh, Cam Murray, Clive Churchill, as I flagged, just uh, turning those forwards around and, and just being that fantastic middle that uh, will make Penrith work extra hard. First try scorer, uh, let's go with Walker. Maybe a show and go and a, uh, have those edges flanking wide when he can just cut straight through and score. Uh, and a little feeling that the professor might score a grand final try as well. But I'm thinking, Beautiful. I'm thinking, I'm thinking eight points to Souths, but a, a comfortable eight. If you know what I mean, like I feel like the result, mm-hmm. I feel like Penrith will have to chase from a long way out, and it might not suit their style. Scrambling for the last, yeah, I feel 15, like there might be a six or two, yeah. like they did the six or twelve point lead to Souths and and make enough that, yeah, they'll get close, <laughs> but no cigar. Barney, how how well, are you? Obviously, all the narrative at the moment's all around injury fatigue and um, suspensions and all the rest of it. But when it comes kickoff time, it's not going to mean much. It's um, who's going to put everything out there in the in this game. I'm, I expect the first 20 minutes to be an absolute um, rumble through the middle and it's going to be on for young and old. There's going to be both of these forward packs flying at each other for the first 20 minutes and I'm excited to watch that. Um, both teams, they've got incredible line speed, probably the best in the competition to getting off their line in defence and... It could be very hard going for at least 40 to 60 minutes of this game. Um, and it's going to be who can keep up that tempo in defence for the longest, I think, that will actually get the edge at the back end of this game. Um, right-hand right hand side defence from both teams are going to be sweating bullets and probably not sleep for a couple of nights before this game because they've got two of the best left-hand attacks coming at them. And, yeah, they're going to be thinking about what's going to happen then <laughs> come Sunday. Um, we've both we've all already mentioned the halfbacks. That's also going to be a big key to this game. They've both got absolutely brilliant kicking games. They can kick high, long, short kicking games, and they're both pinpoint precision. The way that they get it to land exactly where they want it to land, um, it, it's going to be some nightmares for some wingers and some fullbacks. Um, I expect Penrith to actually lift the notch here. I think that the experience from last year and just the you know the they're going to leave absolutely everything out there. I wouldn't be surprised if three or four, possibly five or six of them end up with some significant surgery at the end of this game and having to be patched up to come back again next year. But 
Um, if you go on on form, you'd, you'd be tipping Souths. They've been slowly improving for six to eight weeks. They've actually improved more than anybody in, coming into the finals and through the final series. But as I said, I'm I'm going on the fact that I think um, Penrith is going to put ev- absolutely everything on the line. I think they're going to improve on in in attack, and the defence has been what they've been relying on for the last um, three or four games to get through to here. And if they can keep that defence up, I can see Penrith winning one to twelve. Uh, you, you, Clive Churchill, your safe bet's Cleary. Um, <laughs> if you're going to put a big bet on, put something on Cleary and then have a saver on Yo. I think if anyone else is going to get out of that Penrith team, it could be Yo. First try scorer, Brian Toto, again, your safe bet. But don't be surprised if someone like um, Coruscant crashes over from dummy half. Probably not not a bad shout. It would be around twenty five to thirty bucks. A lot of forward score first for in a grand final. So um, yeah, I'll be going with. I'll be having a bet on Toe and probably Burton and Nappy for first try scorer. But I think Penrith just um, just get home in this one. Very good, very good analysis, boys. Thank you for that. Uh, we look forward to it. So Sunday night we will be uh, watching. I assume there'll be some sort of stream. Seems to be mm-hmm. the pattern of the day. Uh, <laughs> so look forward to seeing everyone then. And uh, stay safe, everyone in lockdown. We're hopefully only a couple of weeks away from being free. Good luck, Panthers fans. Good luck, South fans. We'll talk to you all and look back on all of this next week. Catch you then. 